Let my people go. In this you shall know that the Lord is God. Moses is considered one of the great heroes of the faith. What the Lord accomplished through him was epic. But Moses was also a cracked pot, and God still used him. Visit the burning bush where God called Moses and you'll discover a broken man with deep insecurities that emerge as one excuse after another as to why Moses believed he couldn't do the job God called him to do. Moses had moments of glory and feet of clay. The power and glory of God shine through this man's broken humanity and it can yours too. When you are weak, God is strong enough to make something beautiful out of the broken pieces of your life. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. If you're looking for buried treasure, look inside the person you see in your mirror. Hello, welcome to this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. My name is Brian, glad to have you with us. The apostle said we, as believers in Christ, have a treasure in earthen vessels. That treasure is the power of God, the power of Christ in us. Today, Ron shows us what that treasure looks like by taking us to the story of one of the greatest heroes of the Christian faith. Stay with us now or drop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From his teaching series, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness, here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message. Moses, Moments of Glory, Feats of Clay. Well, we're in week two of a series of messages we started last week titled Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness. And uh, we started last week in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. I'd like for us to go back there for a moment and actually just read this verse together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. Let's read it together. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Uh, We've titled the series Cracked Pots because that's that's really what we are. Uh, We're created in the image of God from the dust of the earth. We learned that again from Genesis uh, chapters 1 and 2. The psalmist said, he knows our frame, he knows we are but dust. God didn't create us as broken and cracked and chipped, but sin entered the world in Genesis chapter 3, and well, we live in a fallen world, and we are fallen human beings. Yes, we are are cracked pots. But Paul makes this incredible statement here. He says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. We said, what is this treasure? And we identified it last week in the context of his letter to the Corinthians as the glory of the knowledge of God and the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. How amazing it is. We are all uh, created in the image of God, but those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that God has taken what he treasures most, uh, the glory of the knowledge of, of God and the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and placed it inside of us, inside a jar of clay. 
a cracked pot like you and me, because it's through our brokenness and through our cracks and through our chips and all of that that the power of God flows and the glory of God shines. Uh, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power is God's and not ours. And what we're doing this week and for the remainder of this series is we're highlighting how this plays itself out in the lives of various Bible characters, some of them well-known, some of them we would call heroes of the faith, others not so well-known but equally crackpots whom God has used, just ordinary people like you and me that He used for His glory. Today, we want to um, meet a guy named Moses. Uh, Somebody who's probably at least familiar by name to most of us. Everybody knows Moses, right? I mean, Moses is one of the just iconic heroes of the faith. He's he's this larger-than-life individual that rises up out of the pages of Scripture. I mean, uh, he's Charlton Heston, right? I mean, it doesn't get any larger than that in Hollywood. Cecil B. DeMille's, you know, classic film, the Ten Commandments, and what a role to play for any Hollywood actor. And Charlton Heston, I don't know what else he played in. I don't know what other character, but I know him as Moses. Charlton Heston is Moses, right? I mean, he's just this larger-than-life individual. When you're, when you're trying to describe a larger-than-life person and a leader, you say, oh, that person's our Moses. And he is indeed uh, considered a, a hero of the faith, Moses is. In part, we get that from uh, Hebrews chapter 11. If you have your Bible, turn with me there to Hebrews chapter 11, section of Scripture known as the kind of the Hebrews Hall of Faith. We have summations and little snippets of the lives of great people of faith that are found in the Bible. Again, names that are recognizable, some that may not be so recognizable, but you run into people like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Noah, uh, Enoch and other people like that. And then by verse 23, Moses. Of course he's in the Hebrews Hall of Faith. How could he not be? Verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. It goes on in verse 29, by faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. I mean, these are, these are uh, the highlight reels of, of Moses' life. It's the highlights almost like skipping stones across, you know, the peaks of a mountain. This, this, is, this is why we say Moses is such an iconic figure and a hero of the faith. There are just some incredible things that God did through him. He was the one who stood before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. I mean, he's bold, he's courageous, right? He's the one who took his staff and laid it out over the Red Sea, and the waters parted so that the Israelites could cross. And then he laid out his staff again. Those waters came back and drowned the Egyptians. Uh, This is the Moses who, who struck the rock with his staff, and water came out. I mean, this is Moses. I mean, what a what an incredible guy. 
the, the thing is, if we were trying to summarize his life, as the writer of Hebrew does, you know, we, we summarize it this way. But don't forget that Moses was also a cracked pot. I mean, Mo- Moses, Moses had some issues, and um, he, he had some struggles, namely with the deep insecurities he had when God, when God called him from a burning bush. We don't think about M- Moses, the, the insecure man, but we're going to talk about that today and how God used this man and his insecurities. Moses' insecurities surfaced also as, as excuses for not doing what God called him to do. And Moses was full of excuses, full of, no, Lord, not me, not me. Before we get to that and before we get to Exodus chapters 3 and 4, I, I want us to just think a little bit about some of the common sources of insecurities because as cracked pots, you know, we're, we're all kind of broken and uh, we all, all have our insecurities. Now, we're pretty good at camouflaging those insecurities. I don't want you to know my insecurities and you don't want me to know your insecurities uh, in part because we might take advantage of each other if we knew our weaknesses and our, our brokenness and our insecurities. But we're good at camouflaging them. We're good at putting the mask on. And the reality is, though, that we all have insecurities, different kinds, and they come from different sources. I made a list this week. Let's just throw them up on the screen here. Maybe you can identify with some of this, starting with failure and rejection. Got any failures in your life? Is there anything in the rearview mirror of your life that you glance at way too often, and you're letting those failures, even those moments when somebody rejected you, define who you are too much, even maybe be an excuse for not doing what God has called you to do? Maybe it's a failed marriage, or um, maybe it's a failed business. You know, you, you, you set out trying to start a business, and ah, it just failed. No two ways to look at it. Uh, maybe, maybe you uh, were interviewing for a job this past week, and you, you were immensely qualified for the job, but you didn't get the job, and you feel the rejection. You feel a sense of failure there. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the experience is, but, but we all have failures in life, don't we? We got to learn, though, how to fail forward because you just take the word fail, F-A-I-L, all it means is, you know, uh, first attempt in learning. That's what a failure is. We just sang a little bit earlier, God never fails us. Why? Because He never has to learn anything. But we have to learn, don't we? And sometimes we best learn through our first attempts in learning, which is a failure. But some of you have got that failure locked in the rearview mirror of your life, and it's defined you, and you, you, just, you just can't get past it, or you've got some rejection. Maybe you, you still are, are acting like a scorned lover. Maybe it was that broken marriage and that sense of rejection, and, and that's just defining who you are just under the surface that nobody can see, nobody can really identify. But that, that, that feeling of rejection is there. Don't go away. We're only about halfway through today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And today's teaching is part of Ron's series, Cracked Pots, 
how the glory of God shines through our brokenness. Visit our updated website, that's somethinggoodradio.org, for more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out something new from Dr. Ron Jones we're calling Something Good Television. SGTV is a weekly broadcast featuring Ron's Bible teaching ministry. If you're looking for Bible teaching for everyday life, Something Good Television is the place to go. Stop by to check out the sample episodes at somethinggoodradio.org. Well, the Bible says Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth, but he also had his share of insecurities. Here's Ron with the second half of today's Something Good Radio message, Moses, Moments of Glory, Feet of Clay. Maybe it goes all the way back to high school and you would have liked to have been part of the cool crowd, but they gave you the stiff arm, they gave you the Heisman, and you still feel rejected today. That, that can lead to feelings of insecurity. Uh, how about uh, criticism? Did you grow up in a home where all you ever heard was a critical word? You can't do this, you can't do that. You brought home a report card that had four A's and a B minus, and all you heard was, you could have done better in that class. And bring that B minus up. Just criticism after criticism after criticism. Maybe you're married to somebody who's your number one critic. What a, what a lousy experience to have. Rather than that person being your number one cheerleader, uh, they're, they're, they're criticizing you all the time, even when others are saying, great job, good job. Sometimes anxiety and stress can give us feelings of insecurity, even trauma. You know, sometimes when you go through a major trauma, you, you come out just different and feeling like you're not yourself. I think of soldiers who go into battle and they come back with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And that trauma has changed their sense of confidence. And there's, a, there's, a, there's an insecurity there. I had one more on the list and that was comparison. I, I maybe throw that at the top of the list. Nothing creates insecurity in us more than when we compare ourselves to others or let somebody else make a comparison of us and somebody else. I mean, it's just devastating. When you're doing the best that God has uh, designed you to do and somebody comes along and says, yeah, but you know, so-and-so over here. Pastors are, are fabulous at it. We, we love to compare how many people did you have in worship last week? How many people came to your Hallelujah Harvest? Oh, well, we had this many, you know. And you can easily feel less than when you start comparing yourselves to others. The Apostle Paul experienced this. There were some people in the Corinthian church who were trying to compare him to other so-called super speakers out there on the circuit. You know, they'd come with one of their three or four speeches that they've uh, uh, put together where they know when to make you laugh and they know when to make you cry. They've, they've, they've given the speech 150 times. They know how to do it so well. Paul, you're not like them. Actually, Paul, when you're in our presence, you're, you're stern in your letters, but you're kind of weak and mousy, you know, face to face. And they began comparing Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, Paul says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Yeah, they're not wise at all. You want to know why? It comes from deep insecurity. Deep insecurity when you have to compare yourself to other people. 
even to put people down to make yourself feel good. I remember when I was a little boy growing up in Indiana and playing baseball, I had a friend on the team named Greg, and he was always comparing our batting averages. So what's your average today? You know, we'd play a doubleheader at the end of the doubleheader. What's your average now? Sometimes in between innings, if you can believe it, he would calculate, hey, I got a hit last. What's your, what's your batting average? And, and, you know, I look back at that over the years, and I think it just came from a deep insecurity, maybe competitiveness, but an insecurity that he, he needed to kind of one-up everybody else on the team. I don't know what the source of your insecurity is. To say that you don't have any insecurities would not be entirely truthful. We all have insecurities, don't we? But when those insecurities get in the way of us fulfilling the plan that God has for us, when, when we use those insecurities and they become excuses to say, no, Lord, not me, well, that's kind of where Moses was. And now we're in Exodus chapters 3 and 4. Uh, the amount of editorial space in the Old Testament given to Moses' life and ministry, it's really hard to summarize it in just a message. But uh, uh, let me catch us up to at least Exodus chapter 3. Moses' life can be broken up into three segments of 40 years. He died at the age of 120. And the first 40 years of his life, remember, he grew up in Egypt. He was born to, you know, his mother, a Hebrew woman, and uh, because of what was going on then, she, she, she hid her son in that basket and floated him in the Nile. And one of Pharaoh's daughters came and found him. And, well, Moses was adopted into uh, the family there and became a, a son of Pharaoh. And he grew up in all the privilege and all the pleasure and all of the, uh, that came with being in Pharaoh's household. Forty years he was there. He went to the best of schools, had the best of training, sat at the best of dinner places. And some would even suggest that he was being groomed for greatness and was going to one day be the next Pharaoh. That's the first 40 years of his life. The second 40 years of his life, Moses is on the backside of the Midian desert herding sheep. <laughs> now, for a guy who had the equivalent of a Harvard or a Cambridge education, all the privilege, all of the resources and all that, what's he doing on the backside of the desert herding sheep for his father-in-law? That's the best job he could get. Well, it's because at age 40, Moses made a mistake. You see, at that time in his life, he had, had an exaggerated self-confidence and one day, he was identifying with his Hebrew people. He was coming back around to that part of his life, and he saw one of the Egyptians making it hard on one of the Hebrews, and he struck the Egyptian dead. And he tried to cover up the murder by burying him in the sand. He underestimated the winds of the sand, and one day those, the sand shifted by the winds, and that dead Egyptian's fingers and toes began sticking up out of the, the sand there. And, well, Moses was exposed. He thought he could go to his Hebrew, you know, kinsmen and find some sympathy, but they turned on him too. And Moses was suddenly a man without a home, and he fled. He fled to the Midian Desert, and he was there for 40 years. Think about that, 40 years one-third of his life at a time when he should have been stepping into the greatness for which he was groomed, Moses is over here, you know, pumping gas, herding sheep, 
Not for four years, not for four months, for 40 years. What were you doing 40 years ago? Is there anything you've done for 40 years? That's a long time. And at the age of 80, the Lord reaches out to Moses. Now we're in uh, Exodus chapter 3. It says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. I can only guess that monotony had gotten the best of Moses, and yeah, he just takes the sheep over here to the west side just to change things up a little bit. Verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses. Moses had once been a confident man, but his mistakes had left him broken. So broken, in fact, that he lacked confidence in himself. But he was about to learn that his confidence can only be found in God. That's where we'll pick it up next time when Ron continues his teaching series, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed something good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to something good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Partnership has always been essential in order for the body of Christ to fulfill the Great Commission. Today, Ron invites you to join him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through these Something Good radio broadcasts. When you partner with us, we'll start by sending you a copy of Ron's book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. Other 828 Club benefits will arrive throughout the year. To join the 828 Club today, look for Something Good Partners at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. And if you can't become a partner, but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today. We'll be happy to send you the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness. Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757 757- 
Probably at the age of 40, he wasn't asking the question, who am I? He was saying, look at me. Look at me, Moses, all the privilege, all the grooming for greatness. I'm your guy. I can, I can do this for you, Hebrew people. All of that taking of mat, you know, matters into his own hands backfired on Moses. And now 40 years later, he's saying, I don't, I don't even know who I am. It's one of the great questions of every generation and every person in every generation. Lord, who am I and why am I here? God had a plan for Moses, and he has a plan for you too. Part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Moses, Moments of Glory, Feet of Clay, comes your way tomorrow. Join us then for Something Good. Now for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. God bless and thanks for listening.